Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Justin had a huge impact on this game. It just didn't show up in the stat sheet, but that's not good enough. That's not good enough. I, I've got to do a better job giving Justin, uh, you know, different you know, aspects of lining up in different spots, different personnel groupings, whatever I need to do to help him because he's an ultra competitor, and uh, we'll get him going. But, you know, the first guy celebrating with K.J. Osborne when he scores that touchdown is Justin Jefferson, and uh, he's a great teammate. Uh, although he doesn't have a C on his chest, you know, I, I know our guys – uh, view him as one of our leaders, and we relied on him today. Oh, I can see a, a Zolgad column on Vikings Wire USA Today. Zolgad. Yep, it's out. Teammates don't think highly enough of Justin Jefferson to make him a captain. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it is weird. They got a lot of captains, and uh, I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Yeah. Look not a great, it. not a great leader. Got to look into uh, it. On the on the and we'll get to statements here on this Vikings victory Monday across both Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily. You can find Vikings Ventline if you missed it. It was not quite the celebration of Week One because I think a lot of people like lined up to tee off on the Vikings and then they won the game at the end. So it was <laughs> probably more criticism of the Vikings. People just frustrated by what they watched for the majority of the game. But you can find that on the Purple Daily podcast feed and uh, YouTube channel. So I am on the Jefferson front. My first thought was, come on, Kevin. You can't say that Jefferson made a huge impact on the game. He pretty much was non-existent, right? Um, there are some screenshots, some great ones here from the All-22. This one's from uh, Alec Lewis, the new athletic Vikings beat writer. He's very good, by the way. Like, I don't know if he's athletic, but he works for the athletic, and he's, he's a uh, beat writer. <laughs> he's in really good shape. He's okay. he's, he's Declan-like size-wise. Okay. Well, I wouldn't so he's... call myself in good shape. But yeah, I know what you mean. Well, he's thin. <laughs> You're thin. Okay. Like, you don't look like you're out of shape. I would never say, Declan Goff, lose some weight. You don't yeah. look good. Okay. So, Alec, that guy, uh, he posted a screenshot here, the second-to-last play. So, so K.J. Osborne had two huge catches back-to-back to win the game. And the concept here was Jefferson was on the left side of the line of scrimmage. I believe, I believe he was the outside receiver. And then K.J. Osborne started off on the right side of the formation. So Osborne has one defender trailing him as he reaches sort of the like the logo. He's running across the Vikings logo. And then Justin Jefferson is running probably three yards on top of him further down the field, running a crossing pattern over the top. And there are two Lions defenders. One of them is literally grabbing Justin Jefferson 15 yards from the line of scrimmage. Yep. The other one is two yards behind him trailing him. And then there's a safety over the top, shoulders turned toward Justin Jefferson. Three defenders were on Justin Jefferson the second to last play of the game, 
and KJ Osborne just went right past all of them wide open to uh to set up what eventually became the game winning. So you can have an impact on a game by just existing and Justin Jefferson did that yesterday. But uh we'll probably get I'm, I'm guessing one of us has a Justin Jefferson one. statement. Okay. Oh, oh there's one. plenty to get to with Justin yeah. Jefferson. But can I start you guys here with a little Kirky boy statement here? Absolutely. Kirky. Okay. Here's the first statement. Kirk Cousins is unstoppable in noon games against the Lions. These are his Super Bowls historically. Oh my God! You know, you know what's gonna, you know what's going to happen now. You know this what is this praise. is going to result in. I know, but you're going to get the uh, Mackey says that he can only beat the Lions. You know that that's what the response then, is. Going then to those, be. no, I'm not saying he can only beat the Lions. I'm saying he is unstoppable in noon games against the Lions. If yeah. you got, if if there are some Kirk Crusaders out there that want to project their emotions and their insecurities back onto me, then that's fine. You can do that. This was Kirk's ninth noon game against the Lions since he joined the Vikings. If you if you take his numbers and extrapolate them over seventeen games, so take his nine games he's played as a Viking noon against the Lions and make it a seventeen game season. 75% completions, which I think would be an NFL record, 37 <laughs> touchdowns, four interceptions only, and a 120 passer rating, which I think would flirt with the highest. Like Pat Mahomes, I think, was like a 122 one season or something. Yep. And multiple fourth quarter comebacks. And so if you want sheer dominance, and he wasn't even that great for the first part of that game, nope. but he comes back, boom, dagger, dagger, K.J. Osborne, Good luck finding a more unstoppable force at quarterback than Kirk in noon games against the Lions. I would guess that this was perhaps, as a Viking, one of his worst statistical games, like just raw stats, against Detroit. So, again, I'll take the win. Don't care. But, um, yeah, it is it it is amazing because he, he did have – he did – Set up the drive last year in October at the same stadium against Detroit for the Greg Joseph field goal that then was followed by what I guess was a near fight between the coach and quarterback. Well, that's not good. But, uh, yeah, he is uh, he rebounded very nicely. I, I saw Dex put the stats um, on our Twitter account his fourth quarter yesterday. It was uh, rather remarkable. Well, uh, off the top of your head, what were his fourth quarter stats? Do you remember? Yeah, it was like nine of thirteen. Oh, a, a a buck twenty, a touchdown, a one twenty rating. He was excellent, and obviously the fourth quarter comeback. So yes, he was very, very good in the fourth quarter. You know, I was, we were, my wife and I were watching football with a friend yesterday, watching the uh, two days ago, watching the Gophers game. Who's not from like Minnesota or anything, but was talking about her fantasy team, and saying that she, I think she has Kirk Cousins and then somebody else. Like, two, two of those quarterbacks, you would just kind of rotate back and forth. And she said, yeah, I played Kirk in that Philadelphia game. And, I, God, he oh. just killed me in that game. And I said, oh, oh, you need – I need to be your Kirk Cousins fantasy consultant because what I would have told you and advised you is don't play him on Monday night road game Eagles. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's likely to be a disaster. Wait one more week for the yeah. bounce back noon game at home against the Lions. Uh-huh. And he didn't have a great fantasy day, but he's yeah, a couple touchdowns. The yardage would wound up being pretty high. He's fine. So, so just if you are rotating quarterbacks in your fantasy league, road games, tough opponents, prime time, you know, fade it. Noon Lions, noon Giants home, noon Jets home. You're good to go. 
I think most people know Fantasy that. Football League advisor. Like <laughs> Should be a cabinet position. Charger. Be 15 bucks. That'll be, yeah. For every consultation. You can Venmo me. Or just make it 20. <laughs> just Venmo me. Uh, all right, Judd, statement. All right, so my statement is this, and I'm, I'm going to project ahead, and I know that this guy had a good game on Sunday, and I know that this guy ultimately is an important part of this team, but I am not going to be upset if Dalvin Cook does not play after, again, dislocating his shoulder on Sunday. Next, uh, next Sunday against the Saints in London. I think that I would give, I think that there's enough different things that this team can do, and I believe that the running back depth is sufficient enough that I would not mind a look-see um, that would allow Cook probably just to stay home and recover as opposed to being in the time period, and this did exist at one point where it's like, oh my God, can Cook come back in this game? He'll wear a harness. It's all, you know, he's got to play. I'd be very comfortable with resting him for a week to make sure he's recovered. And I'm not so sure that your offense wouldn't be just fine. You also have the weird non-bye week afterwards. Like usually you go to London and get a bye week and they have to go to London and then come back and play. And they get, it's, it's a game against the Bears, but maybe saving Dalvin Cook and not having him play banged up, just keep him a little fresher for that Bears game when the rest of the team isn't going to be that fresh. That's another good point. I didn't think of it that no, way. It's, but it's yeah. not like the, the Saints aren't some juggernaut. You're going to get like three interceptions off Jameis Winston at some point. So I'm kind of with you on this one. I to, I, if, if we're talking about, oh, he's going to rush back and wear a harness, it's like, ah. Just, just rest, uh, rest it up, just, buddy. Yeah. I don't know. Take a load off. All right, Declan. I'll rip off the uh, Justin Jefferson uh, Band-Aid statement here, and I'll say... Something seems off with Justin Jefferson. So he's had some drops. He's clearly frustrated. Um, he, w- he was frustrated against the Eagles. He was frustrated, obviously, yesterday against the Lions. Now he's being locked up for the first time in his career. I think finally teams are saying, let's take away Justin Jefferson, and can the Vikings still beat us? Now the Vikings are 2-3, and three, and he had a career day against the Packers, but so far opponents are 1-1 one one in that plan. And I don't think it's a, this is like a bad thing or it's a full-on Zolgad plan for panic of, of, of a 10 out of 10 scale. Um, but we just haven't seen the same Justin Jefferson these last two weeks. And the offense might need to spread around some wealth, but the offense has to funnel through Justin Jefferson. He's a game-changing wide receiver. Um, and it just feels like we might be on the precipice of another J.J. breakout game. Like, I don't see a guy who just stays quiet for three straight games. Odds are he'll probably bounce back against the Saints. But just looking at these last two in just the frame of the last two games and from the 30,000-foot view, something just seems off with the Vikings star receiver, and I'm still trying to kind of pinpoint what exactly it is. So you think there's something deeper here, like a conspiratorial thing that isn't just defenses scheming? Correct. Yeah, I I think and Hmm. just look at, I mean, I I know I talked about Adam Thielen, you know, throwing the temper tantrums, but like the Jefferson actual body language is frustration. Like he's frustrated at the drops, he's frustrated at, probably the targets he's frustrated that he's not getting the ball maybe in big situations yes i i do think there's something kind of bubbling a little bit here hmm. well the the good news is and and kevin o'connell referenced this in the clip that we played he was one of the first guys to congratulate kj osborne and then in the locker room Love when that. koc gave kj osborne the game ball the first guy to walk up to him was justin jefferson all excited so i don't if it's i don't think it's something Howdy, where I'm not getting the ball, I'm going to have bad, you know, bad attitude. I would say, and the 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 Fox crew at one point, I think it was Brady Quinn was on the color com and 
rotating job. And I wrote this quote down. He said, the Lions are doubling Justin Jefferson on every play. They just aren't going to let him get the football. And I think what bothers me is we heard that exact thing last year in a Lions game where it was, well, look at that. They're playing safety help over the top on Justin Jefferson in every play. What can the Vikings possibly do? And Kevin O'Connell came in here, and he was supposed to be the schematic elixir to this problem, right? That we aren't going to let defenses dictate who gets the ball. If we want to get the ball to Jefferson on 12 targets, we're going to do that because that's how we roll. And so either KOC isn't doing a good enough job of that, or Justin Jefferson, if he wants to be one of the best receivers in the NFL, if he wants to be the guy at the top of the wide receiver food chain, then you got to find a way to flash open in some of these windows. Like, this isn't going to change. Or are there times where he is, option number three, but Kirk doesn't want to thread the needle too tight of a window, a 50-50 ball, whatever, and so he's moving to other options. Maybe it's a combination of all three, but it shouldn't be that easy to take Justin Jefferson out right. of a game. Oh, right. he's just out of the game. And the it, whole purpose really? is, yeah. yeah. In fact, if I can jump in, I would like to make the next statement off of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Oh. Kevin O'Connell remains a work in progress as a play caller. And I think that's a very important part of the discussion. It is one thing to watch Sean McVay scheme Cooper Cup open consistently. Sean McVay is one of the most brilliant young minds in football, probably in the world today. Um, Like you don't get a coaching tree at his age and not be doing something really spectacularly right. Mm -hmm. So that being said, um, you know, Connell's, I guess it's sort of in, in his defense, but there should be hopefully a pretty quick maturation here. You know, it's one, it's, you can look on film at JJ and be like, oh, okay, if I did this and I do that, and we sort of did, did this with Cup. But keep in mind, KOC did not call plays there. So, like, he was observing and probably helping behind the scenes, but he was not the guy calling plays. So I think what we are seeing, and this definitely 1,000% involves Jefferson, and I think the first game might have been a little bit unfair because he got off to such a great start, and then your expectations are like, oh, this is going to be a weekly thing. But I think what we're seeing is this. I think O'Connell is, and Kirk too, are becoming comfortable with what the offense is supposed to do. And like, it was weird through two games that Thielen became a non-factor of sorts. Like he got some, he got some garbage time or some catches in the Monday night game, but that was, I believe in the first half, zero targets. Mm -hmm. KJ Osborne, basically I think just got, involved in a big way yesterday so again i know this sounds weird coming from me but i but i think to make any grand assumptions about it's working or not it's just going to take more time it's going to take more time i i I mean o'connell's trying to get his play calling which he's doing in game which is incredibly tough because he's trying to coach the team too but he's trying to get his play calling through to kirk kirk has kirk is very is very meticulous about things Mm. and now we're trying to get the ball to jefferson and it doesn't help that he's dropped balls or in the case of the monday night game flat out ran the route poorly so my point is that this is a work in progress and i think it's very hard to assess it three games in and i think it's going to morph and change i mean dalvin cook in game two had six carries yeah that's not like i'm all for don't go zim run 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 but six carries is ridiculous. So I think it's just going to take some time. 
Yeah, and I think it, it, it makes it easier and gives you a longer runway to kind of work through some of the kinks when you win games. If if you start 0-3 or, like, what do you think the, yeah. the the vibe is around Josh McDaniels and the Vegas Raiders right now? They're 0-3. Not good. Not good. Devontae's already pissed. Right. So if you if you were 2-1 <laughs> and one That's what we should have. and working some things out like the Vikings are, Yep. okay, all right, whatever, like, this doesn't feel entirely right. There's a bunch of things that we need to figure out, but at the end of the day, we're two and one, and so we've we've bought ourselves a couple rough games here and there. If we lose a game, we'll we'll figure it out. We're not sunk at this point, like maybe the Raiders are. So, um, on the other side, on the Adam Thielen side, here's my next statement. Adam Thielen was a forgotten man there for a while, but he remains incredible in the red zone. So he flashed wide open on the Vikings' first touchdown yesterday. He was targeted only once in the red zone leading up to this game. But if you go back now, including yesterday, to the beginning of last season, Adam Thielen, when targeted in the red zone, 14 catches on 16 targets, 10 touchdowns. Think about that. 16 targets in the red zone, 14 catches, 10 touchdowns. The guy is ridiculous in the red zone and should probably be your first, especially because he's so great in the red zone flashing open, but defenses are going to still pay more attention to Justin Jefferson because he's the scarier wide receiver. So just when in doubt, find Adam Thielen, find those hands flashing somewhere in the zone. Uh, He also became the fourth undrafted player since 1967 with 50 career touchdown receptions. Joining Antonio Gates, Rod Smith, and Wes Welker. So that's quite the quite the accomplishment for an undrafted player. So I know that you guys are all pissed about his temper tantrum, but I want to uh, shine a light on a guy that should not just be forgotten here. Go find him in the red zone, for God's sakes. We are not pissed. You're painting it inaccurately. We are just <laughs> tired of tantrum his, about we're his tired tantrum. We're tired of his tantrum. Today. We are tired of his tantrums. This is not Eden High emotion. School. I want this fire. is not the Lake I want South. Passion. This is yeah, exactly. Not I'm ripping my helmet off now. Mom and Dad, did you see that? I got screwed on that call by the referee. Yeah, well the call the call would have made a lot of people mad because at the time it ended the game and it was a bad call. But we already uh we already yeah, we, we litigated this. Litigated. I love the word litigated. So. We litigated it. All right, we're back to Declan here, and this next statement is going to be presented by our friends at Spiralite Candle. It is Victory Candle Monday here, boys. That's right. Light it up. That's right. And and that means that it's time to check out Judd's Purple Positivity Candle. You know what? The Purple Positivity Candle is great because if things aren't going well, you light that Spiralite Candle, and it calms the nerves, right? What about it the fourth quarter comeback candle? Well, that's what this is, too, that because me. that's the thing. That's what makes a candle so great. It can calm or it can be cause for celebration, which it was on Sunday. Spiralightcandles.com. Spiralightcandles.com. If you're trying to find a gift for a mom, your wife, girlfriend, I'm going to tell you right now, Spiral Light Candles are worth checking out. They will love them. It makes a great gift. Spiralightcandles.com. The place to go. And uh, hey, if you're into fall golf, like two-thirds of this show is for sure, no better place, Declan. No better place. The Meadows at Mystic Lake, an award-winning 18-hole public golf course. Just a little jaunt down the Twin Cities. You can get down there. Maybe go even see the fall colors. The best part about Meadows, it's one of the most scenic courses around. So now we're getting a little closer to fall and that fall golf weather, whether you're rocking the PJ Fleck quarter zip, maybe you're going the full pullover. I know Macadac Moore is the quarter zip kind of guy. Maybe he rocks the polo underneath. The tie could be on. I saw him on Saturday celebrating a gopher win. 
But regardless, when you're on the tee times there, uh, you want to make sure you're nice and comfortable, and the Meadows at Mystic Lake is one of the best places to be. Book your tee time now. GolfTheMeadows.com. GolfTheMeadows.com to learn more. Okay, my next statement. Uh, I need a little more from Daniil Hunter. So through three games so far, Daniil Hunter has just two pressures, one sack. You know, he's supposed to be really the linchpin of this defense, and he's been playing a ton of snaps. He's actually logged 168 snaps through three games, and the pass rush was going to be the most important thing for the Vikings because obviously there's still question marks on the cornerback side, the safety side, the linebacker side we're seeing getting exposed a little bit. There's still some bend but don't break qualities. They haven't allowed fourth quarter points. That's all gravy. But they need their defensive line to start getting after the quarterback more, starting with Daniil Hunter. And I know he's only played, what, seven, eight games basically since the 2019 season, but the dude is still 27 years old. He turns 28 in a month. It is up to him, who has been historically one of the best pass rushers in the NFL from when he debuted through 2019. But so far, it's just been a little lackluster for him, and and he really needs to step up, in my opinion, to start getting after the quarterback more and being the force that he was uh, to be reckoned with previously uh, before he has a big injury in 2020. I need a little more from Daniel Hunter. Dude, two pressures through three games. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at this on Pro Football Reference right now. The top pressure getters are Alex Highsmith with 10, Shaq Barrett with 10, and Nick Bosa with 10, and then a bunch of other dudes with 9... Eight, seven, you know, he should be, yeah, he, he, I don't know what it is. I mean, the guy hasn't played much football in the last couple of years, but if they can't, and, the, and we mentioned this on Purple Daily, the Vikings have one of the lowest team pressure rates on defense in the NFL too. So if they can't get pressure with Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith, and Zadarius has five, so he's at least been buzzing around a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, like I, this this defense without Daniel Hunter the last two years when he's injured is one of the worst in the NFL. So if he's not going to have an impact, then it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Um, all right, back to – let's go back to Judd here. He jumped out of order. We'll keep that, I did. that same I order did. going. Go ahead. All right. Um, statement on the defense as well. My statement is this. Start by stopping the run. Pressure is nice and pressure is necessary. Uh, but, but this defense has now – given up 100-plus yards in all three games. And they consistently get gouged there. And I think that's a – you have to be better. And I'm not saying great, but you have to be better against the the run consistently. For instance, uh, I believe it was on a third and 12 late in the game yesterday. Detroit got a 10-yard gain, and it was almost 12. Almost a first down on a third and long in which you ran and had the confidence to run because you know you can run. That's a starting point for me. So I really want to see, while the pressure does need to improve, and Dex is right on Hunter, what I want to see is step one, you have to be more stout against the run. You're making it far too simple. You can't be, what feels like it at least, statistically giving up six to eight yard chunks uh, we saw that the last two years. I thought it was supposed to be improved. Again, I'm not saying it, it has to be 2007 good when it was unbelievable, but I am saying that to be a defense that can win tough games, you can't be getting chunked on runs as much as the Vikings are right now. Yeah, let's do a quick statistical examination of the Vikings defense here real quick. So they are, let's give you a few key metrics. So they are 19th in... 
yards per carry against. They're averaging four four point seven yards per attempt against. Okay. The Colts, Niners, Bills are all under three yards per attempt against. So those are kind of the the gold standard. So they're kind of they're they're slightly below average in terms of yards per attempt against. Uh, passing defense. Let's go with. Let's include some sack yards in here. So average net yards against, including sack yardage. Jesus, the Bills <laughs> three. The Bills defense has been absurd, and they lost yesterday, but their defense was actually pretty good. Uh, Vikings are 16th, smack dab in the middle of that metric as well. And then if you just want to go total yards per play, so everything included, total yards per play allowed, the Vikings defense ranks 26th by that metric. Mm -hmm. So anywhere between like middle of the pack and, you know, 26th, that's probably accurate. And they've, and they've, in the red zone, I'll pull this up to you real quick. Uh, let's do third downs. Vikings defense on third down, 12th best. They're allowing 34% on third down, so respectable. And then red zone percentage, so percentage of red zone trips that result in a touchdown, they rank 20th, uh, 63% of trips. So they're, you know, they're kind of a mid, mid-pack, mid maybe like top of the bottom third defensively through three games. Points allowed, they're actually one of the better defenses. Yeah. But there's a lot of underlying things here that if you don't fix them, you're probably going to give up a 30-burger or, or multiple at some point, right? I love that, too. Uh, I'll give you one more here from uh, my bag of statements. With everything that's happened and everything we've dissected through the first three weeks, my statement is the Vikings are exactly where they're supposed to be after three games. Two-and-one start. I think everyone would have taken that. They're showing some nice flashes offensively. Fourth quarter comeback. First First half against Green Bay, there you can you can kind of see oh, this offense at at its best you can see what this would look like. But then they're kind of sputtering, trying to hone it, uh, and a defense that generally does enough to give the offense a chance so far, with a ton of room for improvement in the pressure department. So, a two and one start with some nice flashes and a ton of room for improvement is I think where I thought they were going to be after three games, mm -hmm. and now we see if they can actually make that improvement. Yeah, I think yes. I I think the Packers game altered expectations a lot. Yeah, I think the Packers game was such a beatdown of Green Bay that fans are like, "Oh man, this works! It's going to be great." Um, and that game was fun. But the thing about that game is that game's not how games go. And but but I think because of that, like if you had asked in training camp, two and one start, I think every Vikings fan says, "Absolutely, that's great." But then they saw the Packers game, and they're like, oh. And then the Philadelphia game was really bad. Like, that started off really bad. And so I think because the angst that I sensed on Ventline yesterday was very interesting. Like, and, and I know it wasn't a great game, and I know, but you know what? You won the game. And, and by the way, you didn't win the game on a 60-yard field goal. You won it on Kirk Cousins' arm. Yeah. So, like, there was the, the entire game, not good. The end result? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Take that. It so, was, yes, the Packers yeah. game, I think, changed things. Yeah. Unfairly. We, we might have been a little guilty of that. I think I think, it, I think we had the oh, Vikings yeah. as, like, the fourth best team in the NFL in our uh, power rankings. But, dude, this league. The first week. But look at the scores yesterday. Yeah. Crazy league? It's an absolutely nuts league. Yeah. Bleeping Chargers got blown out of the home by Jacksonville. 
That's not entirely yeah. shocking to at least one person on the oh, show that well, told here, you. They were okay, win the here division. we go. Victory laps. Uh, okay. Yeah, what has old Macadac told you about yeah, the Jaguars? You know what? We're going to get back. I think Declan. You want to go down that? You want to go down that thing? Because I I thought the head coaching favorite and the genius that was Brandon Staley is going to have those Chargers looking good. And oh man, look at this. They're one and two all of a sudden. I didn't mean to do this. Okay. I didn't mean to start this. I was just crazy. That game may have validated a couple takes. Mackie and Judd and Purple Show. Remember when old Macadac got laughed at, mocked by the masses two years ago for putting Joe Burrow 10th in his preseason quarterback you rankings. Were, well, you can't do that. Yeah, you were laughed at. And then he got laughed at again this uh, season for putting Trevor Lawrence in his top, I think it was 12. Uh, yeah, what do you think of Trevor Lawrence now, huh? Huh? Mm. Maybe quit making fun of old Mackadack victory lap. You know what? <laughs> Let's get back on course here. I'm going to wave the flag. I'm going to wave the flag. There it is. I'm waving the flag. We're back on course. Viking statements. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Victory Monday here on Mackie and Judd. Uh, and you know what? Popular demand mm-hmm. has uh, has surfaced here, and it has told us to bring back an oldie but a goodie. Not an oldie. A segment from last year on Purple Daily with Boone. We're going to have Declan fire someone's ass every week here on Mackie You and just Judd. made the list! So, Declan, who in the world of sports mm-hmm. should have their ass on the line today? So, I, w- I was going on the chopping block, you know, late last night to see who, whose ass should be fired. Because there's candidates all over the place. I, I can look. You just basically teased about it in the, in the AFC West right now, which turned out what I thought was going to be the best division in football to being an absolute gong show through three weeks. There's coordinators at play. Um, surprisingly, all those coaches and coordinators are safe for this week. I am not oh, that firing whole division? Mm-hmm. the whole division, whole division. And then also in the entire NFL, I'm actually not going to fire a coach, a coordinator, a player or an owner today. So uh, yesterday morning I slept in first time I had slept in late in, in months. I woke up at about 1030. It was glorious. Oh. I haven't I haven't slept in that late in forever. Vinny was at grandma's, So no worry about taking the dog out. So it was it was perfect. Gal and I slept in, got coffee, it was great, watching t- television on a great TCL TV, and I turn on the Fox pregame show. And I watch five bumbling buffoons try to <laughs> go their way through a pregame show. And even though it's part of our youth, it, it's really the only big pregame show I've ever known, it is time to fire the Fox pregame show. It is time to move on from all five of these guys. Terry wow. Bradshaw has Menifee no God. idea Menifee, yeah, what, what he's talking about. He has no. no uh, Terry Bradshaw is literally gone, like, yeah. uh, I think this is how. He has no yeah, idea he what there. he's literally talking about. The fastest two minute drill for halftime is a disaster. The whole pregame show. It is. It does nothing. Howie Long has been wearing the same suit for twenty years, dude. <laughs> You're crapping on Howie Long. It's time to move he's had the on. Same haircut too. Actually. Yeah, he hasn't looked. He he's has good, not. He's a good-looking older man. He has not right looked now. the same. I with not even with all due respect because I'm firing all of them. There is no respect here. It's wow. time to move on. Get a new Fox pregame show. Let's try something different. Even if there's hiccups. Even if there's people we plug in that don't work. I'm done oh. with the Fox pregame you show. You just made the list. You're fired. Oh, my God. So I love where you're going here. All right. I can't. My options are pretty limited before the game because I can't watch the ESPN pregame show. I love most of the cast on that show. I can't get past the way that Samantha Ponder 
acted toward people on Christian Ponder Twitter back like 10 years ago. She just went on a blocking rampage of anyone. She would, she had a search clearly had a search bar open for Christian Ponder tweets and just blocked half of Minnesota when she was here 10 years ago. And that rubbed me the wrong way so much that I just like, I get it. it's hard for me to watch that pregame show. Um, Generally, the Fox NFL Sunday NFL Network is is fun. They do a great job. A lot of fun segments there. But to Dex's point, I'm just pulling up a list here. You know, these guys have been with that show. Kurt Menefee took over for uh, for James Brown in 2006. Yeah. Terry Bradshaw started in 1994. Howie Long, 1994. Jimmy Johnson, 1994, took a few years off to coach the Dolphins. Came back in 2001. And Michael Strahan's now been on that show since 2007. Mm-hmm. So it's been the exact same cast for 15 years and largely the same cast for the better part of 30 years on yep. the Fox pregame show. And that and that was their first year, too. 94 their first year yeah. of doing Ter- football. Hell, Ter- Terry would have started 10 years before that if they would have let him. Terry did. Because <laughs> I, I think he was a game analyst, if I'm not mistaken, on the NFC package CBS lost to Fox. Yeah. So yeah, but he's but Dex, you're right about Terry. Terry's just it's just all oh. it used to be funny, and because I mean that, that's funny. Well, and that show, that show originally like reset the pregame show entirely. Because like before that, it was like a half hour serious. You know, we're gonna do this and that, and then their jovial shtick actually worked for a long time. But it's been a long time. I, I would argue network NFL pregame shows, I don't even touch them now. Like, if I'm going to dip in ESPN, NFL Network. Well, but you got it's more like just having something on in the, right. in yes. the lead up, right? Yeah. But yeah. I just don't, yeah. I'm not I mean, like sitting could, there, you know, taking notes or anything. Right, yeah. It's nice to have I don't just have like, any time for it. I, I want, I want the football noon. vibe. I just like the yes. football you know what vibe I do? in the morning. Red Zone. Listen to the countdown music, <laughs> and then you hear Scotty Hansen, and that means it's Sunday. I love it. Judge just sitting in front, like I do, the pol- like the Polter guys yeah. staring at five a- minutes. Five <laughs> minutes. It just counts down the clock, and you get just, the you get the football tunes playing. He looks right. over to Don. It's like it's here. He's just ready to go. Yep. You know, I uh, you're right. I hate to. I don't mean to encroach on Declan's turf here, but uh oh, I kind of want to fire someone too. Okay, I kind of want to fire someone too. Well, I think I know. And, I, and, and it's co- it's college football related. Uh, yeah, I ah. think I know. Did, can I take a guess at where well, this person works? Well, should I hold on? Should I do it now, or should we talk some Gophers first, and let's, then I and then I do it gophers. after Gophers? Let's talk okay. some Gophers. All right, you, you go ahead. Let's uh, yep. let's uh, let's do some Gopher statements, and then I will I will steal Declan's segment. Declan wants someone's ass fire. I will fire someone. We'll see if we'll see if Judd can. I think I know guess where this it. guy works. I think I know exactly <laughs> where this guy works. But uh, we've been celebrating this Vikings Victory Monday here on the show today. But I don't think we should forget about the other Victory Monday. That's right. I got the banner. I got my I'll gopher hat one. on, gopher yeah. basketball, but that's okay. We'll get a gopher football hat at some point. Let's get into some uh, some gopher-related statements. And uh, if I could do the honors here as the chief boat rower of... The show, the Gophers are now 4-0 on the season, and they have jumped into the top 25 rankings for the first time. And my first statement is, the disrespect is palpable. 
of this Gophers team. This team has destroyed all four teams they've played, including two Power 5 teams. Okay, I get that Colorado is not a very good team, but it's a Power 5 team. And Michigan State was ranked, what, 11th a week and a half ago? Before they played Washington. Yeah. They didn't just, like, forget how to play football entirely. I get that they've had a couple rough weeks against two. Washington's a legit team. And the Gophers are a legit team. The Gophers are ranked only 21st and 23rd in the AP and uh, and the coaches' polls. Hmm. They are absolutely one of the 15 best teams in the country. And if these cowards had any courage whatsoever, they would have vaulted the Gophers up closer to the top 10. These coward, I don't know who these voters are, these coaches, these Associated Press, these nerd writers, cowards. This is one of the most dominant force college football teams Outside of outside of Ohio State and Alabama, and I am excited to row this boat straight to Pasadena or straight to the college football playoff. Well, Let's and, get it. And that's the the poll that you care about has nothing to do with the Associated Press or the coaches' poll. The poll that you care about, I believe, will debut in November. The college football playoff poll. Yes, because that's that's the one where if this continues, you'll be getting some respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. You'll be getting some well-deserved respect. <laughs> so here, here's the current AP poll that has the Gophers. That This is the friendliest poll. They've got the Gophers 21st, okay? Yep. Um, you got Georgia, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan. These, these are all pretty fine. Like Clemson struggled with Wake Forest, but Wake Forest is a good team. Wake Forest moved down from 21st to 22nd. USC, Kentucky, Tennessee, Oklahoma State, NC State, Penn State, all these are undefeated. I'm fine with all these. Utah, 3-1. and one. Oregon, 3-1. and one. Ole Miss, undefeated. Washington, undefeated. They're 15th. Baylor, 3-1. and one. Now we get into, like, the reputations here, okay? <laughs> Baylor, 3-1. and one. Texas A&M, 3-1. and one. Oklahoma, 3-1. and one. BYU, 3-1. and one. Arkansas, 3-1. A lot of reputation Mm-hmm. In those five or six spots ahead of the Gophers, okay, sure. a Gophers team that, by the way, beat Auburn less than three years ago in a in a January first bowl game. So it's not like, and the Gophers kind of went toe to toe with Ohio State for the first three quarters last year too at the opener. So they can hang with some good teams and beat some good teams. I just think this team is with their schedule too, unless they have an unfortunate blip. Hopefully not. Uh, <laughs> 21st will be will be disrespectful in retrospect. Oh. There you go. Okay. So to get that off my chest there to uh to start the show. Back over uh, to Judd here. All right, off the Michigan State game. And there are plenty of things to talk about. But I want to my first statement is just going to be a meat and potatoes football statement. And that is the Gophers kicked ass in East <laughs> Lansing. And here's why that's important. Not only was this a shellacking on the road, which is impressive, but you know what this was? This was physical domination. The Gophers did what you want, I think, any team in football to do, and that is they quickly took away Michigan State's will to even be playing in that game. They, they physically abused them. Ibrahim was I mean, he was literally carrying tacklers down the field. The 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 lines, offensive and defensive, were outstanding. This is the blueprint for what you want, which is, you know what? 
Tanner Morgan played great, and that's fantastic. And you hit some really nice plays. But the opening statement was essentially what I thought the Eagles did to the Vikings on Monday night. They hit him in the face. And then in the Gophers case, they did it again and again and again. And every time you thought, oh, that's interesting. Michigan State might start to rally here. What did the Gophers do? They took away their will to be playing against them. That was wow. as most that was as physically a dominating win in Minnesota football as I can recall seeing in recent years. And that to me is the most encouraging sign. It wasn't high flying. It was literally manhandling them. Is there anything more football than a group of men imposing their will on another team? Football. <laughs> Imp- we're gonna no. imp- we are going to move you I- out of the way. Correct. The Gophers, too, it kind of seems like, it kind of feels like they're passing more, but I'd have to compare. Uh, to this To this point in the season, the Gophers are averaging... 53 rush attempts per game, which is third most in the country behind Navy and Air Force. Interesting. Just ahead of Massachusetts, Arkansas, and Army. So they definitely aren't pumping the brakes on running the ball. 52 rush attempts per game for an average of almost 300 yards and four and a half touchdowns. So uh, they're down. Yeah, I'll look it up. Maybe they are. It feels like they're more. Like capitalizing more on the passing game, but I don't know. They're definitely imposing Football. their will on the ground. Love it. Yes. Okay. Okay. So before I give my gopher statement, um, just to, just a quick little disclaimer. At it shouldn't shock you guys, but also maybe some listeners who who don't don't my backstory. I have had no interest in gopher football like my entire life. Um, mostly because like when I came up, became a sports fan, like. There were some nice years with Mace. Like, I remember the debacle against Michigan, but, you know, it was like Brian Cupido and um, Adam Weber and not a lot, not a lot really to root for there with, uh, with, with the Gopher football team. 2019 happens, fun year. They beat Penn State. They're storming the field. Even from an outsider perspective, I was like, man, that, that's pretty cool. Try to get, you know, into it a little bit more in 2020 because the pandemic wiped out sports and thought, oh, this could be fun. And that was just kind of a really ugly, murky season. They weren't going to play. Then they were going to play. It was just ugly. And then last year, they they started to pop up a little bit more. But I will say this as my statement. For the first time in my life, I am all in on the Gopher football team. Wow. For the first, you can call me a bandwagon fan. I don't care. I am all in on the Gopher football team, baby. I am rowing this boat. They got a great run game. They have an obnoxious head coach who's perfect for college football. I have already committed to a tailgate in a month with friends. I said I will yes. contribute the funds to the tailgate. It's on Saturday against Purdue, baby. And, and maybe there's multiple ones. I have committed to the Iowa one in a month or at the end of the season. I've already committed to a gopher Judd, tailgate. I'm in. Judd can get you into the most prominent, prestigious tailgate on campus. It is the Nadine Babu tailgate. Yeah, drop by Saturday. Okay. Okay, that's good. I honest, I probably me, will. Don, you'll actually hang out with me out, out, outside of public. I know we went to a Twins game on Friday. Uh, I shouldn't we say that. We went to a Twins game together. Yeah, we and took I went a to a Twins together. game. We on took Friday. a great picture. Knocked back some beers. It must have been tough for you guys. Was probably getting stopped in the concourse by adoring fans every thirty oh, yeah. seconds. All, it must have been tough. Place. Must have been really, tough really for you tough. guys. Here's the important thing: I have built up a persona. Nobody stops me now. It's outstanding. <laughs> I, I actually walked the entire concourse from the press box at the Vikings game to to the Surly Suite, and nobody stopped me. Wow. Look at you, Mr. Celebrity, who has 
Mr. Celebrity, Omar you know that about, about hanging a, out. a thousand people probably recognized you because he's you know, how wildly yeah, popular I... you are. But they know not to approach you in public because you, you know, you. Because I put off make that persona. Weird. Do you do you know how difficult it was to turn down a beer yesterday? Oh, I bet. I Omar bet. asked me, "Hey, do you want a beer?" And I'm like, I'm working. I can't. I'm a professional. You know, I'm going to be a professional. I don't want to have beer on my breath in the press box. Yeah. <laughs> but I turned down a furious aura before I die. Oof. Mmm. Ah. Wow. What a what a. But yeah. What a test of willpower. I'm in. Judd. I'm in on the Stover right. football team. Okay. I'm all, all in, right. baby. So I did look this up here, and it's it's tough because the numbers are always a little bit skewed in the first few games. You play some crappy opponents. It levels off in conference, but the Gophers ranked. So this year, they are third in rushing attempts. Last year, and that's out of how many Division One? That's out of uh, 131 schools. Third. Last year, they were seventh. Okay. They've actually added seven rushing attempts per game. Some of that might just be, you know, they're running more plays against bad teams or something. Right. Uh, but here's my next statement. Despite the fact that maybe they're still running the ball a lot... This is the Tanner Morgan we saw in 2019. Uh-huh. Stole my thunder, man. Me You're too. exactly right. Yeah, that's okay. Now, it helps that he's about 38 years old. You know, he's uh, <laughs> he's like Aaron Rodgers' age. Married now with like five kids. I think he's on his third marriage now. Not quite sure. But uh, Tanner already, and he's got his offensive coordinator back from 2019. Mm-hmm. He already has 10 touchdown passes. He had 17 combined touchdown passes the last two seasons. So he is, I think he had seven and then ten. So he's already tied for the most that he's had since 2019 in an individual season. He looks fairly poised. Even though he lost his top wide receiver target, he did a great job spreading the ball around. Uh, they just got, they've got, it seems like they have depth and targets all over the place that just kind of step up. And he's doing a great job, as he should, sixth year in college football. This is how he should look, and he's delivering this season. Ten guys got passes, right? I believe ten, that is correct. Ten yeah. guys, yes. And it, my, I mean, what does Soraka do that makes him that makes Tanner so comfortable? It's un, it's incredible to watch now. Like, well, some of it's probably you're exactly in right preparation. But so, the, who, what was the name of the the guy, the the, the jackal that they had for a year or two? <laughs> we did a deep dive um, in this last year that he Sam, has Mike Sanford. Yes, that that he's guy has, now. he has shipwrecked like the last three places he's been. Yeah, just you're right. atrocious. So some of it might just be in the, the preparation. Some of it might be play calling, but the preparation leading up to the game, how comfortable do you feel and stuff. So, yeah. I thought, like, oh, help, having Rashad Bateman is probably the difference. And it did make a difference in 2019. But uh, he's putting up similar numbers so far. Yeah, he's looked like a different guy. He, yeah. he in my opinion, should have been benched last year. He's now back to, to being, to me, a guy who, who could at least get into a training camp. To try and, and to try and you know play, I can't. I can see a camp arm. He's not a, a starter, but, but I mean, he was almost unplayable at times in 2021. So yeah, that was he, really impressive. He could be a camp arm for sure. I could see that. Yeah. All right, my next statement on what we saw on Saturday. This was not a fluke. This was not a fluke. This was not a oh yeah, but you're going to play to Phil's point. Look at the schedule, ladies and gentlemen. It does not include Michigan or Ohio State. Michigan State, while certainly they had a terrible day, is not a terrible football team, all right? Look at the rest of this schedule and tell me 
that your expectation with how the Gophers went on the road and completely steamrolled the Spartans, tell me that your expectation now is not incredibly high, and it should be. Because you didn't, like, win that game in the last second. It wasn't like, well, we escaped with a win. You kicked their ass. And that's Michigan State. Now look at the rest of the schedule. And Wisconsin, which I watched their game against the Buckeyes, and I know it's Ohio State, okay? But they got no quarterback. They have no quarterback. Wisconsin is as as beatable as they've ever been. And by the way, the Gophers already have gotten past that step. So it's not like they never beat them. They actually do. Iowa has no quarterback. As long as they stick with that Joker Petrus, you know what? You're in good shape. And you get them here. So so you, you have proven that you can take the axe in Madison. And I might say that the Hawkeyes game might get weird if it was there. But you got them here. Look at the rest of the schedule and tell me that, that you are pessimistic or, you know, well, that was a fluke. No, it wasn't. This is very real. What is happening here is real. This is not a test. This is real. I know it's weird. I know it feels strange. And I know that there are pe- people like Dex and us to a certain point, but certainly Dex, who are jumping on and telling you, make room on the bandwagon because I'm here. But give me an oar. I think this is I think this is for real. I really do. It sounds so weird to say. I love that uh well, I can't tell if Judd is just raising expectations so we can cut these guys down later no, in the they year beat or Michigan if he's State. Actually... No. No, because they kicked their behinds. I, I do want to highlight a couple games. I, I think we, we got to take it one game at a time here, okay? One game at a time. That's not what Judd does. So you are 10-point favorites over Purdue at home. Wow. The next two games after that are very difficult games. I know it's not Ohio State, Michigan, but um, at Illinois, this is not the old Illinois. This team has talent. This team has three blowout victories and a close road loss against Indiana, but they beat the crap out of Virginia and Wyoming. And then Chattanooga is, and that doesn't really count. Yep, but fun. watch what Illinois does in the next two weeks at Wisconsin, home against Iowa. If they win those games, and I don't know what the spread is on that Wisconsin game, but that is a game that if, if they beat both those teams, they're for sure going to be ranked going into the Gophers game on October 15th. And then Penn State is knocking on the door being a top 10 team right now. So yep. if you can clear those two games, you will for sure be a top 15 team, maybe knocking on the door of like top 12 in the country. Yep. Then you get the Rutgers, Nebraska, Northwestern stretch where you should you should roll. Make hay. And then Iowa has one of the best defenses in the country. So even if they can't score, like it could be a well, 10 to 7 slugfest. Yeah. Uh, that you should win, and then Wisconsin. So yes. the Illinois, to me, that if I'm ranking games that scare me the most on the Gopher schedule, number one is at Penn State, number two is at Illinois, number three is at Wisconsin, number four is probably home against Iowa. The other ones you should win. And I, I think so. If you split those two games and you lose at Penn State, it's not a death knell. No, you you can probably lose. You might be able to lose two it's two conference games exactly. and win your division. Yeah. As long as you beat Iowa and Wisconsin and get those tiebreakers. It's about time, though. Let's get it. Make it out. Uh, I, got, I got one more for you here. The Gophers' defense is absurd. Yeah. Okay. Last 15 games. So this isn't just like the non-con. This is the last 15 games going back to the o- – I'm not counting the Ohio State game because they give up a lot of points in that game. Uh, 
They've given up an average of 12 points per game in the last 15 games. Okay. Here are the opponent scores. 0, 10, 7, 7 this year. 6, 13, 14 to end the year last year. Yep. 27, 14, 14, 16, 23, 13, 14, 0 against Colorado last year. So single digits or shutout in 5 of the 15 and then 14 points or fewer in 12 of the 15 games. Yep. You know what? Write this down. Joe Rossi is going to get a head coaching job after the season. I think that, that is this official? Is this official? Yeah, write this down. down. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Write this down. Joe Rossi is going to get okay. a head coaching job. I mean, okay. he has done a he he took a defense that was an abomination that was embarrassing itself and almost immediately made huge improvements. And now, to your point, Phil, it's damn good. Yeah. You can tell opposing, because you're facing young, like 20-year-old kids at quarterback. They can't decipher what they're seeing half the time. And so, he, you know, the, the athletes on defense are excellent for the Gophers, but they also just seem to do things schematically that throw quarterbacks off. They just, yes. they, just they see ghosts. So... Uh, any other final gopher statements before I jump in and steal Declan's segment and fire someone from the college football landscape? You go right ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Good. I'm, I'm curious who you're firing here. Okay. I think Judd might know who I'm firing here, but this uh, this this gopher love fest here presented by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. Been around for over 100 years. They've been huge supporters of gophers athletics throughout the years, and so I think we're all uh, all very happy to be rowing a boat right now. Very exciting. Um, Federated is all about basically providing your business with a great offensive line, one that protects against risks on the horizon. You can find out more about how Federated can help your business at federatedinsurance.com, or it's our business, to protect yours. Ordinarily, it's uh, it's that time where Declan wants someone's ass fired, and old Macadac's going to come in here and fire someone's ass. So, Declan, you, uh, in the first part of Mackie and Judd today. But you're going to fire Declan right so, Dex, no, uh, uh, no, no, no. I no, just no. wanted to bring this to the show. Um, no, God, no. Declan's amazing. Um, but you spent the first part of the show mm-hmm. firing the Fox NFL pregame crew that's been around largely for 30 years. Like, Terry and Howie have been in those same chairs since 1994. And Kurt Menefee since, like, 2006. And Strahan since 2007. So, just, it feels a little stale. I was watching uh, College Game Day again this Saturday. Judd, is this the direction you thought that oh, I was going to no. go? No, it's not. Who did you think I was going to fire? Mel Tucker. Oh. The, the Michigan State coach. After signing the uh, the nine-year contract, <laughs> yes. whatever it was? No. Yes. Um, so uh, I've actually watched every single college game day so far this year, at least parts of it, because I enjoy getting up on a Saturday, putting on college game day, just seeing the atmosphere, where they're at, the signs and everything. And they did bring in Pat McAfee, who's incredible. Like he yep. is just a bolt. They got him right in the middle. He's a bolt of lightning. He's he's singing the he's saying Rocky Top and got the crowd going. Like it's it's a genius move. They basically hired him away from WWE. Can't imagine what they paid for him. But the elephant in the room oh continues to be Lee Corso. Yeah, oh boy. it's so bad. Yeah, it's so uncomfortable. I mean, Kirk Herbstreet is basically. The ventriloquist, like the the puppet operator for ventriloquist Lee Corso at this point. He's 
he's got notes that are clearly laid out in front of him. And they only bring him in like a few times per show now. But he's like reading off the notes and stuff. He can barely get through the the headdress thing at the end of the, the show oh, without stumbling. He's dropped a couple random like F-bombs throughout the last couple of years too because he just, this dude is a legend. And I don't want to see him go out this way. It is yeah. embarrassing what's happening with Lee Corso on Saturdays. And so I'm sorry if, if Lee can't step away himself. Maybe there's a way they can just do like a can via satellite. Seg- like he put segment? Yeah, like, like just, just at it. the very end. All right, let's go to Lee. And it's like Lee with. But, yeah, man, they, they keep running him out there. And it's brutal to watch. I don't know if you guys have seen any of it this season, but. I saw a clip on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I don't know what you do there cuz that cuz if you fire him, you're going to you're going to get ripped. And if you don't, you're going to get ripped. <laughs> so there has to be a better way to do it. Do you guys know how old he is? 80 something. Yeah, I would have no idea. He's 87, man. Yeah. He's 87. No, I know. But I mean, he's, you know, he clearly doesn't want to stop and they clearly don't know what to do. <laughs> So they brought in McAfee as kind of like, right. oh, let's, let's, let's exactly. raise the energy here. And McAfee here is show. a genius. I mean, that is that is an off-the-charts dream edition. And I know that this is – we used to have a Mr. Fix-It segment on Mackie and Judd. Maybe we need to bring that back, the Mr. Fix-It segment. But here's what I would do, okay? Pat McAfee, at this point, would be 100 times more entertaining as the guy that pulled out the – Oh, yeah. You know, who made the pick. Yeah, could you could, you could, you could have McAfee do it for the next 25, 30 years, just like Lee Corso did it. Lee Corso handing that tradition off to Pat McAfee, who gets the crowd ramped up. Cause Lee used to be great at getting, you know, playing to the crowd, but now it's like, yeah. you can't even really play to the crowd cause he's, you know, he's 87 years old. So, sorry, I got to say goodbye it's to unfortunate. Lee Corso, man. Mm-hmm. McAfee singing Long Neck Beer with Luke Combs two weeks ago was like seriously some of the best television I've seen in yes. a long It was so entertaining. It's so much fun. He just leans back and he goes, yeah. long neck. Oh, it's great. <laughs> so, all right. Well, we just we just fired uh, Lee Corso there. So That's okay. Pour one out for old, old Lee Corso. Thanks, Lee. You can check out Vikings Ventline if you missed it after that win against the Lions yesterday over on the Purple Daily YouTube channel and podcast feed. Please click subscribe on both the Score North and Purple Daily YouTube channels. We are within striking distance of 50,000 combined subscribers across the two channels. So, uh, love it. I think we had an agreement where at, at one point, if we reached 50,000 YouTube subscribers, Declan would have to brush and ride a horse. Yes, we did. I don't know no, that where was, that stands. We can check with Pulford School. No, that, 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 that stood in, in a year. It was, it was a 2021 goal. So that is off the board. I am not brushing a, or going near a horse. Okay. You were never intending to see that, that through even if it had happened. With yeah, him. I would have weaseled my way out of that, no problem. You really would have. Yeah, no. I, I think I, we would have had to drug Declan and bring him, bring him to my, my, hob, my hobby farm that I grew up on. Your yeah. fear of horses is really incredible. <laughs> it really is. I don't like it. Okay. I guess we'll see you guys tomorrow here on Mackie and Judd. Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. Bye, Mr. Ed.